this episode is really out there for the Special Needs Parent podcast today. And I'm excited, nervous, so many things related to what we are going to talk about. And I hope it transfers to you a kind of bubbling joy and excitement when you hear who's coming to chat with us today. Today, I have a smiley, really empowered coach by the name of Kim Coffin. She's an empowerment and get this sexuality coach. And she's here to remind us today about how we can tune up that relationship and that connection we have with ourselves. And then we are going to go into over the course of a second episode, how you get to tune up your relationship. Welcome, Kim. There's so much to say about you, but I'm going to pass it over to you to tell us about <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with you. So yes, I am Kim, Kim Coffin. I am a trauma-informed somatic empowerment and sexuality coach, also teacher, speaker, uh, author like this month. I will be a published author maybe by the end of the week, which is so, so cool. I'm also a graduate of the Mama Gina School of Womanly Arts and Layla Martin's Institute for Tantric Sexuality. And founder of Get Your Sexy Back, right? That's what I do. That is what my business is. And I really specialize in sexuality on the whole, empowerment, tantra, relationships, really giving my clients the tools to unleash their sexual confidence for themselves and unlock profound new levels of self-love, of pleasure, of feeling really good in their body, of intimacy with themselves and being honest and open with themselves first. And then in their relationships, it always kind of transfers through. I'm figuring that this is really deep stuff and that some of it is all about internal work and some is physical external work. Um, but let's see where this episode goes because we don't have a plan. We're going to see where it takes us. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it. it it definitely, I just wanted to speak to that. It definitely is internal work and it can be big work because of how disempowered we have been around our sexuality for thousands of years, but it can also be the fastest place that we can become empowered again. Can I ask some, um, I don't know if these will be PC questions, but what else I'm giving myself permission to ask you, <laughs> who disempowers us, Kim? Mm. The whole patriarchal conditioning and setup that goes back thousands and thousands and thousands of years, right? Where women were stripped of their power, where they were put as second-class citizens, where, right? And if we keep going down the line, like there's so much back in there. And there's so much systems set up, like mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to go into, oops, I hit my microphone. There's so much in the systems that I kind of wanted to go into that, you know, Yes, we're going to talk about how to, you know, reclaim certain power and find more time for you as a parent with a special needs child. But at the same time, there's even that martyrdom that is in there for women on the whole. And that comes even before we have special needs children, right? Right. Because I was actually thinking this episode isn't really about I have to be a special needs mom to get value from this episode. This episode is about, let's just deal with you, the woman. Yes. Let's deal with you, the person. 
let's forget about the labels and the expectations and the shoulds and let's start digging deep because some freedom comes when we let go of those as the walls around ourselves that tell us where we start, where we end, what we expected to do or not. Exactly. Yes. Great. So I'm going to turn it over to you to tell me what's the number one or what, what are some of the top things that come up because you have a rich experiential background with with trauma and with coaching women to step out of old rules, old expectations, things they haven't even been aware of that have been tying them down and holding them back. So when you begin to work with women, what are some of the big things that come up that really shock them? Mm. One of the big ones that comes to mind is how guilty they even feel just for taking time for themselves, just for even thinking about taking time for themselves. That one's huge. And I had it myself. I wasn't always empowered and embodied and, and feeling this confidence, like living this embodiment, right? Like I used to feel guilty. I used to feel exhausted. I used to overgive. So again, it's that conditioning that we've been set into of this is how a good woman, a good wife, a good mom shows up in the world. And it takes some work to unpack that conditioning. And if we keep following that conditioning, many, many women end up getting to the point where they're burnt out, where they're exhausted, where they're depleted, where they can't take anymore, where they're wondering there has to be something more. But then yet they're also feeling guilty for even saying that and asking that. And that's exactly what I do, talk about mm -hmm. the overwhelm and how to step out of that. So that defines so much of the way we experience life. But how does somebody know if that's happening for them? If they're feeling, if they're being disempowered, if they're feeling, yeah. If, okay. they, if they are overgiving and overcommitting and over people pleasing and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody has their own little journey on this one. However, I think as I talk to more and more people who have stepped into, okay, I need to do something here to work with my body, my power, all of these places, my sexuality, all the places we've been disempowered, right? I think the really common theme there that people say is they had these whispers for a while. They had these nudges going, there has to be another way. There has to be something more. There, there, like There's this like inner internal clock that's like, it's, it's our inner intuition, right? Which is coming actually from our pelvic bowl. It's coming from our sacral center and our root going, knock, knock. Hey, you can't keep going this way. Like there has to be something more here for you. You get to come first because if you don't, you can't even continue to show up for the people in your family, in your life. And yet that knocking can go on for years and yes. decades. What keeps somebody from listening to the knock and opening the door. The fear, right? So our brain likes to constantly be thinking and keeping us safe, that feeling, feeling like we're loved and feeling like we're belonging. So our brain is constantly scanning. And if you think, oh, I think I'm going to look at this and do this over here. And your brain's like, ding, 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 not safe, not safe, not safe. Like literally past conditioning, past examples are going off and are flagging. And telling our, ourselves, our brains, 
telling us that it's not safe for us to do something different, right? So it's a matter of, of creating that safety in our body first. And then for me, it's working with my clients somatically, like, what are the fears? What do you notice when you think about stepping out of whatever pattern you've been holding in the past, but you want to claim a new one? What comes up in your body? What somatically is happening? And we can actually follow and track the somatic pieces. They might be inner child pieces. They might be protector pieces. They might be just like full on, don't talk to me pieces. Like they can be so much. So everybody's journey is a little bit different. Yeah. But generally the body, the subconscious is showing up going, no, not safe because look at media, look at, look at TV, right? Look at the movies, look at the way that we're supposed, even the judgments that we're getting from each other, the shoulds, right? You said the shoulds earlier. There's a lot of judgment, a lot of conditioning, a lot of shame. And it's a choice then at that point to step out and to start unpacking it. What is true to me and what is mine? And what is just something that I was told and my mother was told and her mother was told and her mother was told and her mother was told that isn't even true. Yeah. And how do I shed that programming instead of being the one who tells somebody else what they should do in order to be accepted? So Kim, just based on that last bit, are we also a part of the reason that we aren't doing it? Do we do it to others as well? Mm, yes. And that's a really good point. Like if you're finding yourself judging others, most likely it's because you're judging yourself. Yeah. When we are our harshest judges, we tend to be harsher to everybody else, right? Yeah. And if you're like, no, I'm not, like, think about it. Like, how many times a day are you telling yourself you're doing something wrong? Oh, that's no good. Oh, look at that. Oh, where did I gain that from? Like, oh, this doesn't look good on me. Oh, this wrinkle, that wrinkle. Like, there's all this judgment. If we're doing that, we're, we're it's, it's a both and. It's a both and, yeah. So that judgment and that systematized expectation is a big part of what keeps us down. How do we step out of that and change the system? Mm, can't change the system quite yet, but we can change ourselves, right? We can step in. And, and not only is the shitting in there there's the and the judgments, there's also the shame that comes along with it. And that shame is even the deeper, harder, like rooted in our bodies, right? So we, I don't know that we can change the system yet. I think more of us need to change who we are and how we show up in the world and reconnect back to our bodies and then speak our truth that comes from within because our body will never lead us astray. So if we can come home in our body and reconnect that way, more people that continue to do that, we will slowly change the system, but it's going to take a long time because that system, we're talking thousands of years, right? But if you talk in a, in a women's circle with a bunch of women who have connected to their bodies, who have connected to their womb, who have reconnected to their intuition and the sacred power within them, it's always been there. Like that is the biggest thing. It's a remembrance. It's a, oh, I'm home. Like this has always been there. It's never disappeared. It's within each of us. It's just a little buried. The version of me of 10 years ago was going to say, well, what does my womb have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. 
so could you could you tell me mm -hmm. if yeah. for those yeah. of us who have that popping up as you said what you said yeah what what yeah. does a womb have to do with it yeah so like if you think about your womb even if you have had a hysterectomy or anything else you we even men still have a energetic womb space we naturally have this energetic power and for female identifying humans specifically like that is our creative center we can create life we can create businesses we can create art that is our power center not sorry not power power would be solar plexus just above it but that is our creative power center right that is where we can create from and i think because of thousands of years of conditioning it has forced us to disconnect from our body. So most people, and I was one included, would say that I was a walking, talking head or maybe a walking, talking bust sculpture. Like that was it. I was like, what do you mean connected to my body? But when we learn, and, and I do believe we disconnect from our body because it also doesn't feel safe to be in our body. And we do that sometime around the age of four to 10, four to 12, right? In that range. Because if you go back to before the four-year-old, the three-year-old, we knew who we were. We knew what we wanted. We were not eating those peas and we were not going to bed. And we were dancing outside in the rain on the front lawn and we didn't care who was looking at us. Like we knew who we were, but because of toxic messaging and conditioning and shoulds and all of this, I think we end up burying who we are. So by now as an adult, when you're like, okay, something has to give here. I don't feel good. I'm people pleasing. I'm showing up judging. I'm exhausted. I just don't feel like I can be my true authentic self. When we start to unpack these pieces and slowly unpack them, we can learn how to cultivate safety and trust in our body. And when we can learn how to cultivate safety and trust in our body, we can start listening to our body again. We can start actually feeling safe to even be in our body, which many people do not feel safe. If I ask people to breathe into their belly right now or breathe into their root chakra right now, they'd probably be like, yeah, that doesn't feel very good. Like, I don't know what you're talking about or that I don't feel anything. They feel so unsafe there. So by reconnecting to our body, which takes a little bit of work sometimes, depending on which level of trauma you've experienced, because we've all experienced trauma in one level or another, we can then come home and start listening to the messages our body's giving us because our bodies are brilliant. And they are always giving us messages all day long. Many of us have learned to how to not listen to them because of this conditioning. It's really interesting to me that in the branding of who you are as a coach, you lead with trauma-informed. Mm -hmm. How does trauma fit into this understanding of who we are and the freedom that we then get to craft? Awesome. Yeah, such a good question because, and I constantly study trauma for myself and for my clients because I don't think we can separate out trauma from sexuality, trauma from body. We have been so over and over and over traumatized in our bodies, in our sexuality for so long, even if it's not specifically in our lifetime, our mothers, our grandmothers and going backwards, right? So if we don't know how to hold our trauma, how can we heal? If we don't know how, what trauma even looks like in a reaction, in a response, in a body language, like how can we hold space for that? We can't. We need to go slow, as slow as the slowest parts of us need to go to cultivate that safety and trust. Because if we don't, we actually will never feel comfortable in being in our bodies. 
does our sexual identity and connection to that for the key to that freedom or is it just a part of it? I believe that when we can reconnect to our sexuality, it is the fastest, quickest, most direct portal to reconnecting to who we are. Because it's what, where we came from, right? That is our, for a female identifying human, that's our, our chakra, that's our, like our root, that is our sacral, that is where we came from. And that is where we continue to create from. So if we can heal that, we can heal anything. Did you freeze? I believe you froze. Let me know when you're back. Coming back now. Hello. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kim. Hi, you're back now. Just give me a minute. Hi, Kim. Hello, you made it back. Even though I had two devices, both on <laughs> different networks disconnected. No worries. I ended up finishing talking and then I noticed you were frozen. So I think it, it fully caught that. So don't so, worry. Here's where you got to when it broke. You were saying as a female identifying human. And then mm, yeah, I can re try and reiterate that. Yeah, so what I was saying was as a female identifying human, that is our sacral center. That is our root chakra, right? That's all of our power. So this is where we have come from. If we heal it, we can reconnect the fastest to who we are and to be our real true selves and to heal everything else in between on the way there too. It's a both and. Yeah. I was nervous about bringing you on the show, honestly. Um, and that's because I'm thinking we have a, a wholesome show here. And do you bring somebody who's going to talk sexuality on it? And I guess that's all a part of it. This is the fullness of our life. Why are we relegating a certain part out of it? When actually this is the core of why I'm a special needs parent. Mm -hmm. It's the core of why I was born in the first place. It's untapping so much about me and helping the listener to untap so much as well. But it's, sharing. it's scary stuff. And it's important for us to step outside of our comfort, comfort zone and to say there's so much still to be discovered, so much mm -hmm. still seen or celebrated. And so I wanted you to shake us up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, can we truly walk around as you know, 
a walking, talking head and not reconnect to the rest of our body? Can we do that? Because that's literally what we do unless we're pregnant. Well, and that's the truth. We do <laughs> find that. And the answer is yes, we can. But it's a sort of semi-existence and we never realize that. Yes, that's exactly. We're not really being ourselves. We, we've disconnected from a huge part of us. So if you had to share a couple of tips with our listeners for how to start realigning that and, and, and wheeling it back into a place where we can open more, blossom more, be more truly, more fully ourselves, what would you say the best advice would be? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I sent it to you as well, which will be a PDF that they can access to follow these steps. But there's some really key steps that we can get to reclaiming our power, reclaiming and reconnecting. The biggest one would be learning how to slow down, like really, truly learning how to slow down and be comfortable in your body. And and some of the steps in the, it's the, um, the eight keys to uh, activate Oh my gosh, I can't even remember what it is that I sent you. Um, but I believe it's activate your turn on is the one that it is. So there's a bunch of them, right? Slowing down, learning where you're not holding boundaries for yourself, learning where you're giving your power away. Um, there's so many in there. I'm going to look it up quickly just so I reiterate exactly what and it what is. What I'll do is I'll be sure to put links to those documents or to Kim's site where you can sign up for those things in the show notes so you aren't missing anything yeah there's a free P pdf and there's a, a podcast episode that i went over with it it doesn't really matter what i say so i'll just leave that it's in there you can grab the workbook um so you want to reconnect to your turn on like what lights you up what turns you on on regular day to day like not in the bedroom per se but what makes you excited to wake up in the morning, like find the little things that bring you pleasure. That is important. No matter whether you're stressed, booked like 5am to 10pm at night, every single minute, but can you still find things in there that bring you pleasure? Can you use music that you just really enjoy while you're doing hard stuff? Can you bring in essential oils? Can you bring in clothing that makes you feel really, really good? Can you do things for you that make you feel alive. So number one would be pleasure. There's also, of course, boundaries in there, right? Setting boundaries for yourself, setting boundaries for others, following. And I love journaling. You may or may not, depends. You tell me, do you have time for journaling in a day or is it really a ton? These are all your journals? Okay, so you have time for journaling. Good. You know, journaling is important, really clearing what it is that you're struggling with. And a really quick tool that I highly recommend is bringing in the tool of bragging, bringing in the tool of celebration, which is finding the things that really you've kicked ass at. And it might be like, I had a 15 minute nap and it might be, I had a shower today and it might be, I put on makeup, like it can be anything, but are you stopping every single day and bragging at least about three things that you have done for yourself today? That's another very important tool because we're very quick to judge and say everything we're doing is just awful. It's not enough. It's not good enough. Again, that's conditioning telling us that we need to strive and strive. Instead, turn it and start celebrating. 
So th those are three really big keys. And the boundary one is going to go with others, but it's also going to be what boundaries are you putting on yourself that are unrealistic? What boundaries are, you know, you putting, what walls are you putting up? Right. Everybody can be a little different, but that workbook will take you through eight different big keys of starting to come home into your body. So you, you, you hear that you're going to be talking with a sexuality coach and you expect that when the word pleasure shows up, it's going to be sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. But there are precursors to that, which is comfort in your own body, connection with your own self. Um, you didn't say the word, but it came through in what you said. There's sensuality and yeah. that sort of thing. And those are the things that you stress. And you didn't lead us into, so let's talk about sexual connection, but that's mm -hmm. it coming as a part of pleasure, but it's not what you're leading with necessarily. I agree. And some people do come to, to me specifically going, I experience pain during orgasm, like help, right? And we will go there. I can go there with them. But most people are coming feeling disempowered, disenfranchised, frustrated, exhausted, burnt out. They've lost themselves and they just don't know what to do. And first we got to start with the basics. We got to start with not only that, you mentioned pleasure there, regular everyday pleasure also grounds and calms our nervous system. So there's three kind of main pillars I see in the work that I offer, which would be nervous system regulation. That is number one, because we need that, or we can't do any of this work. Number two would be everyday pleasure everyday things that just really turn you on and light you up, not for a sexual turn on light up, but just for a, this excites me. This makes me feel alive and free, those things. And then there's sacred sexuality of pleasure. There's that other cornerstone, because again, that comes to self-honoring, really honoring our body, really honoring and listening and, and playing that way. And then we can take it into relationships. It's, it's kind of a stage. Now, I see a clear line connecting pleasure to bragging. Mm. And so often we are told if we brag, that's not something to be proud of. Mm -hmm. you know? um, it's, it's like you're shamed if you even say, I want to say what I'm proud of myself about, much less mm -hmm. calling it a brag, but that's mm -hmm. even more shame inducing. Yes. That's why I chose the word. And that's why I didn't specifically choose the word. That's the word that Mama Gina chose and we've all kind of adapted, but I, you can use the word celebration if that is easier, but the words that we can reclaim and reclaim their actual power over, there's so much more freedom in that. We don't need to shame ourselves about celebrating how amazing we actually are. In fact, it is retraining ourselves to pause in the moment and say, Let's not rush to the next thing because there's always something else pulling us before this thing ends, right? Yeah. And we can get over a huge hurdle and never pause to say, this feels good. Let me remember the journey. Mm -hmm. Let me remember the hardship. Let me now feel really good about what I've accomplished or what yes. I've contributed or how I feel just feel not even logic and logically thinking through the contribution we often fool ourselves into thinking we have to have a contribution yeah. worthy right let us be just here right now in this moment exactly so I learned something from my husband I did a master's 
and I got an email saying, you have, you have a master's in, in, in an engineering field with distinction. And I read the email, closed the email, and went about my life. And mm. the story, right? And I think it was that night or maybe a few nights later, said to my husband, oh, Sean, I forgot to tell you. Master's is finished. I, 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 you know, I have the degree. And he's like, oh, how did you know? I got an email. And Well, what did the email say? So I told him, he's like, excuse me. <laughs> so you didn't think to tell me this. And I said, no, because I have this other project and I'm into this and the, the deadlines are upon me and I don't have time. And he said, stop. Mm. And he walked up to me. He's a couple of inches shorter than I am. And he walked up to me and he put his arms around me in a constraining way. He, and he's not a constraining guy, but he held on to me and I couldn't move and I couldn't get out of the hole. And he started to jump. <laughs> I love it. And he jumped so much that I was forced to jump too. <laughs> and he jumped and jumped until the two of us were laughing. And then he raised his hands and he was touching the ceiling. And we have a 10-foot ceiling. But he wow. was jumping that high because he was thrilled for me. He said, Marsh, you didn't go through all of the challenges to just bypass the fact that you are here. And he taught me that the that celebration doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be public. It doesn't have to be fancy, but it's critical. Yes. So pause and just feel joy and mm -hmm. share it with someone if you can. And it's a lesson that I put in my heart and I take out often. Mm, it's a brilliant That's lesson. Brilliant. I absolutely love that story. And yes, I, I can recognize in myself 10, 15, 20 years ago that I would be striving for something to get, you know, a title of some sort. And then I get there and I'd be like, oh, that doesn't feel as good as I thought it would. And then I wanted another one, right? Oh, I'll be, I'll be better when I get that one. And then you get that one. You're like, I get it. Yeah. And that is a key sign that we're not actually being in the moment and being in our body. And feeling safe to even be here. Like we're constantly striving, constantly proving because it doesn't feel safe to be who we are. This has been a very revealing first chapter with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that the people who are listening now have a lot of self-talk to do and digging into self to understand so much that might have just been triggered mm. as Kim spoke. So my encouragement is go back and listen to the episode. Press pause as you go along. Pull out that journal and make your notes and let your heart spill out the things that need to come out. You don't have to rush through this episode and just listen to it in, in 30 minutes. Your job is to see about your well-being. 
Your job is to see yourself. Your job is to uncover what needs to be uncovered and then work on turning that into light and joy and fulfillment. Kim, thank you for being the reason that we are starting to turn over these rocks and see what's below. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to have you. Have a wonderful day. You too. It doesn't want to stop recording. Yeah, you could stop it and then restart it. Oh, it refuses to stop. I'm trying from the other. Oh, okay.